Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. Okay, so I um, I just asked you if I should do an old lady rant because we haven't had one in a while. And I just have some legitimate questions about drivers. Okay. So do people know that when you let off the gas, you slow down? I know that. I, I know that. <laughs> but, like, legitimately, like, I'm serious. Like, seriously. Do people know that when you let off the gas, your car slows down? Mm-hmm. Because everyone immediately slams on the brakes. <laughs> So that's a legitimate, I'm literally wondering if people know that when you let off the gas, your car will decelerate. So you don't have to stomp on the gas, or the the brakes. Did I say gas before? I don't know. I don't think so. I didn't notice it. Okay. Another question I had. Okay. So my understanding of turn signals. <laughs> It's a warning for the travelers around you that you are going to be turning soon, correct? Yes. yes. Okay, so why do people slam on their brakes or brake for like a half a mile and then like two seconds before they turn, they turn their turn signal on real quick? (laughs) Why do people do that? I don't know. That's not how you use a turn signal. Because I'm always wondering, like, okay, why are we stopping in the middle of the road? Mm-hmm. And then they, like, turn their turn signal on for, like, two seconds, and then they turn. And I'm like... At least they use their turn signal. I guess. What about the ones that don't even bother? Yeah, they're out there, too. Like my geez. friend Chris. Oh, my God. What the fuck? We got into it one day. <laughs> She thought it was so funny that she doesn't use a turn signal. Not I was funny. like, um, no. No. It's not funny. She seriously needs to go on YouTube and watch dash cam footage of stupid people that don't use their turn signals and how they get smashed. Every time. And she said something today. <laughs> oh, no. So, you know how when you drive on the interstate, mm-hmm. the left lane is a fast lane. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were driving on a regular road. Okay. It was it was two lanes, but it was a regular road. It was not the interstate. It was okay. a regular road. A regular two lane road. Yeah. Okay. Well, no. Oh. It was two lanes going one way, two lanes going the other gotcha. way. Gotcha. But okay. it was a regular road. Okay. So we're in the right lane, mm-hmm. and there's this car. This this was at lunch, so it was when it was snowing. Oh yeah. And the roads were kind of bad, but not yeah not that bad. But they were kind of bad. And there was a car in the left lane with their flashers on going really slow uh-huh. and she was bitching about him and she's like and they're even in the fast lane <laughs> no i was like that's not i was like i don't think regular roads have a fast lane no that's just the interstate right and really technically the fast lane is the passing lane it's a passing lane it's, it's a, not a fast lane right. i totally stay in the fast lane the whole time though because i'm <laughs> passing everyone because they're so slow yes yes and i've done that too which that's whatever yeah but 
It's a regular road. Yeah, that doesn't count. That's, no. And I was like, is this something I don't know about? No. She's wrong. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't think regular roads have a passing lane or mm. a fast lane. No. I think there's, it's just a regular there's road. There's a speed limit. <laughs> and that's what everyone's supposed to do. <laughs> that's funny. Not that I do, but. Well, that's you know. within reason. Yes. Okay. So I have a stupid joke. Okay. What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? One's a lighter and one's an animal. Well, yeah. But <laughs> one is really heavy and the other's a little lighter. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like mine better. Yours is just It's factual. Facts, it's not factual. A, it's not a joke. Okay, so I have some embarrassing moments. I'm pretty sure I haven't read these before. First one, I went to a pet store to play with some bir- some of the birds. One liked sitting on my head, and I thought that was cute until I realized he was stuck in my hair. <laughs> I hid from the um, the store's employees while trying to untangle it from uh, to untangle it myself until I realized I couldn't. One of the employees had to cut the bird out of my hair. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. That would be so embarrassing. <laughs> See, that's why you just stay away from birds. How? For one, they're gross. How does it get caught in your hair, though? It's, well, it's got little scaly claw-like feet. Weird. I don't know. Plus, I'm surprised <clears throat> it didn't poop in her. I guarantee, feet. I almost guarantee it did. Especially if it was scared, they have no control. They just yeah, no, go. They like, don't. They're, whenever they're fucking gross. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, don't go play with the birds. <laughs> Next one. It uh, it was the morning after a night of drinking lots of cheap beer. For me, this usually means a hefty helping of bud mud the next morning. Ew. Yeah, and I was planning on making it back to the old home bowl to unleash. I was with my friend, and we still had to drive about 20 minutes back to my place. About halfway home, I felt some simmering in the crock pot, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And suddenly, my anus gave my stomach the green light that it was time for evacuation. I I flew down the next exit to find a bathroom and saw a Joanne Fabrics. Never had I been inside of a Joanne Fabrics in my life, but that poor store was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, my God. I did an ass-clenching run to the bathroom, admired how clean it was. Guess not a lot of men go there to shit. Then destroyed the poor fucker. It was a horrible mess. I cleaned up, bought some crochet needles because I felt bad, and left. I haven't been to Joanne Fabrics since... At least he bought something. At least he went into a store that actually had a public restroom. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Next one, my family had been shopping at Ikea, so we decided to have dinner there. Afterward, my wife and I were discussing our purchases while our kids, four and six, were playing in the toy kitchen area they have in the restaurant. We were about 15 feet away from them the entire time. After a little while, another customer said to us, I think your kids just started a fire. (laughs) I jumped up and ran over to the play kitchen area, which I then discovered had a real working microwave in it. What? Apparently, one of the kids had discovered an abandoned cell phone and put it in the oven. Then the other pressed start. I saw the smoke leaking out of the oven and hit the stop button, which, of course, opened the door. A huge cloud of rancid smoke 
poured out. Oh, and I could see the burning phone. I slammed the door shut again. My kids were terrified. At this point, two managers had come over to see what was going on. The woman seemed very understanding, but the man was angry that we had destroyed the microwave he had just installed. What an idiot. I know. Of course it was a man. Of course it was. God. I pointed out that maybe putting a kid height, uh, putting it at kid height in the play kids play area wasn't the best decision he's ever made. My kids were hysterically crying, and I just wanted to get them home. I think the woman was scared when we were going that we were going to sue or something. She seemed to want the guy to shut up and just leave. Uh, she apologized several times when we gathered up our stuff and left. Our kids were terrified of IKEA for years after that. <laughs> What an idiot. What an idiot. Who, why? Like, why would you do that? In a kid's area. Seriously. In a play kitchen. What an idiot. And then get mad when kids put shit in it. And like, oh my God, what an idiot. My kid projectile vomited all over an aisle at the grocery store. And someone came flying around the corner, slipped and fell. Flipped their full shopping cart and a bunch of their items broke, adding to the mess. Then my darling little boy looked at them and said, uh, you should be more careful. <laughs> <laughs> you should watch where you're going. Now watch for vomit. Duh. Gross. <laughs> um, one time I was pretty, I was pretty backed up. So I took laxatives in the morning and forgot about it. Six hours later, I found myself in a Dollar Tree, running like hell for the exit, so I could get to the bathroom at the grocery store next door. As I was running out, a worker stopped me, thinking I was stealing. I had no time to explain, so I shoved my purse into his hands and kept running. (laughs) I luckily made it to the bathroom, then went back to the Dollar Tree and had to explain everything. Such a disaster. I can never return. He laughed way too hard. Next one, I moved from Chicago to a tiny town in Oklahoma when I was 10, only a week before starting school there. We decided to go to the only department store in town to see if they had any back-to-school clothes. We had eaten at a cute little country cafe across the street, and I was holding the to-go box. I had horrible allergies and suddenly felt a sneeze coming on. When I released the sneeze, a huge glob of snot landed right on top of the to-go box in my hands. (laughs) My 14-year-old sister laughed so hard upon seeing this that she accidentally ripped a huge fart <laughs> that could be heard throughout the entire store. My mother was in shock at both of us and laughed harder than I've ever seen her laugh in her life, which led to her immediately peeing her pants. <laughs> the three of us ran out of the store and resolved <laughs> that we would have to find a, uh, find a way to move again because we couldn't handle the shame. <laughs> that would be disastrous. A few years ago, I got drunk for the first time in my life with a few friends. I ran into a Harvey's and told them I felt like an octopus, belly flopped on the ground, and proceeded to swim on the floor in front of everyone in the restaurant. My friends promptly picked me up and carried me out to the parking lot. A few minutes later, I managed to break free from them and run back into the Harvey's and screamed, The octopus is back! (laughs) Proceeded to swim on the floor again. I haven't been back since. My friends who started working there said they now have a code octopus for whenever they need to remove drunk people from the restaurant. (laughs) 
awful. <laughs> uh, not me, but when my wife was probably around 10, she and her family went to Red Lobster. After the meal, while her parents were paying, she felt bad for all the lobsters in the tank, so she took a chair and smashed the tank to free them. It worked, and they were all told never to come back to Red Lobster. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised it broke. Yeah, really. She must have been determined. Yeah. Uh, while at the till at a convenience store paying for my lunch, the girl behind the counter asked if I wanted to get, uh, wanted to get a drink. Being married, I made my apologies, apologies hastily, pointing to the ring on my finger, to which she replied, uh, your lunch was a meal deal. It would be cheaper if you get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. <laughs> my mom tried to steal a cardboard cutout of the Dozeki guy. Is that right? Yeah. From the pizza restaurant. We had it out in the parking lot when a few employees came out and said we had to put it back. <laughs> Need to run faster. Yeah. Get those keys ready. <laughs> Should have had a getaway car ready to go. Uh, when, when I was a kid, my family went to Pizzeria Uno, and I made a trip to the bathroom before the food came. They had those sinks where you press down on the knob, and the water flows out for about 20 seconds while the knob slowly rises back up. I used my fist to hit the top of the knob, and the thing just popped off. A huge geyser of water began erupting from the sink. Another kid was also in the bathroom. We looked at each other and bolted. I got back to my seat and sat there in silence. <laughs> then my mom went to use the bathroom. When she, when she came back, she told us there was a pool in the bathroom hallway, and the manager and an employee were in the men's room slipping and sliding, trying to turn the water off. My whole family was laughing at the story, but I just sat there quietly. <laughs> they asked me what was wrong, and I told them I had done it. They never fail to mention this every time we drive past Pizzeria Uno. <laughs> of course not. Even now, 20 years later. <laughs> I haven't st stepped foot in since. <laughs> You'll never live that down. It's hilarious. That's such a family yes, thing to do. Yes, it is. Uh, this happened at a Mexican restaurant. I went to use the bathroom, and it was one of those single occupancy rooms with a locking door. Well, the door wasn't locked, and due to what I can only describe as the worst timing ever, I saw my waiter's dick. It, I was kind of in shock, so I looked up, and we made eye contact for a second. I just went back to my table and didn't say anything for the rest of the meal, even when my friends asked what happened. That sucks. <laughs> I don't understand how would they have seen his dick. He obviously forgot to lock the door. Oh. And he was using the bathroom, and since the door was unlocked, they oh. just walked in... <laughs> I was at a coffee shop and had a cup of coffee sitting in front of me that was completely filled to the top. I raised my hand to get the waitress's attention because I wanted to order something else, and I accidentally whacked the shit out of the glass, which sent it flying across the room. It then prece proceeded to hit the waitress on the thigh and spill coffee everywhere. I felt bad, so I left and never went back. <laughs> Back when I was getting married, I was, a, I was sick as a dog. My soon-to-be bride insisted we go shopping for wedding invites. We went to this pretty high-end shop, and I started to feel really ill. I asked one of the workers if they had a restroom I could use. Long story short, I took a massive, smelly diarrhea dump, clogged the toilet, and they had no plunger to fix it. <laughs> Even though I only flushed once, the toilet kept running, and it started to overflow. I rushed out, closed the door, grabbed my bride by the arm, and said, We gotta go. 
I used to go to the same haircut place from kindergarten until high school. One day, there was a new, fairly attractive woman working there. As she started on my hair, I began to sweat. Sometimes when I was younger, my head would get really hot and sweaty when I was put on the spot or anxious. It would usually only consist of a few drops of sweat rolling down my face, but not this time. It was like someone was standing over me pouring a bottle of water over my head. It just kept coming and coming. Eventually, the girl said, wow, you must be really hot. I was already very nervous, so I just blurted out, yeah, it must be because you're pretty. <laughs> I'm not sure why it's happening. You're pretty, but it's not like you're that pretty. <laughs> of course, then I was even more embarrassed, and I still had to sit through the haircut like a dripping wet idiot. She handed me the rest of the haircut. Uh, she handled the rest of the haircut like a pro. I have no idea why she didn't kick me out. She finished. I paid. I left her a huge tip. Now I drive farther away to get my hair done elsewhere. <laughs> She probably thought it was cute. She probably did. He was probably like, you know, a teenager. Uh-huh. That's cute. They don't think so at the time. No. But <laughs> no. Not at all. Uh, my grandma took me to Arby's for lunch. We went. Then we went to Walmart to do some shopping. I was only about five years old at this point. Something with the beef sandwich didn't sit right with me, and my body began unleashing putrid liquid from my behind. I just remember crying hysterically in the stall, and my grandma rinsed out my underwear in the sink. It took me 15 years to go back to Arby's. <laughs> when I was 10, my mother and I were at Kmart doing some school shopping. I was trying some clothes on in the changing room when suddenly I had to fart, so I left the room. While walking away, I decided to let the fart rip. Well, I didn't realize there was an employee bent down doing something right behind me, and my fart hit her right in the face. When I realized, I ran out of the store and was scared to go back for years. (laughs) (laughs) About nine years ago, my eldest son was about a year old, and I took him to... uh, What's a pram? I took him in his pram for a long walk. Maybe like a stroller? stroller? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, I took him in his pram for a long walk that ended up at a cafe. I took a seat and ordered a coffee and took my son out and put him on my lap while he, while we waited. A minute later, I felt a weird warmth on my leg. My son's penis was pointing sideways out of the edge of his nappy into his pants. He did a huge wee out the side of his nappy that just flowed onto my lap, <laughs> then dropped between my thighs and onto the floor. It took me a minute to figure out what was happening, but by then it was too late. I was wet, my son was wet, and there was a puddle of wee under my seat. (laughs) I panicked, asked them to make my coffee to go, walked to the register carrying my son in front of me to hide my wet jeans, paid, and never went back. I still laugh at myself occasionally thinking about it, but at the time I was so embarrassed. (laughs) That sucks. Uh, Next one, I was with a group of friends in a very quiet store. We were slowly leaving one by one through the double glass doors. One of the doors was closed and the other stayed open. I somehow thought the closed door was the open one and vice versa, so I walked smack into the closed glass door. My face left an imprint on it, I guess because I was oily. (laughs) My friends and the shopkeeper came rushing to see if I was all right. Then they all marveled at my face imprint. (laughs) I left quickly. Every time I walk past that shop, I'm sure I make sure I'm looking down or on the other side of the road in case any of the staff recognize my face. <laughs> in college, some friends and I had been drinking heavily and decided to hit up Wendy's for some drunk food. 
I was absolutely polluted. Polluted. They probably only brought me along because I was in such bad shape and they thought I needed food and supervision. Two bites into my burger, I knew that eating was a bad idea. My stomach was angry. As I stumbled to the door to head outside, the contents of my stomach emptied all over inside of the glass door. My friends immediately jumped up, tossed my vomit-covered drunk ass into the bed of the pickup truck on a sub-zero temperature night and tore out of there. I heard the manager screaming at us as we pulled out of the parking lot. Our pictures were in the restaurant window for months, making it pretty clear we weren't welcome back. <laughs> oh my God, I would be so mad too. You know, it was probably like real late. They were getting ready to close. And they had to clean up pew. Ugh, yeah. Uh, you know how department stores, when they have one of those display bathrooms, they have that piece of plexiglass across the toilet that says something along the lines of not a real toilet? Those barriers didn't exist in the 80s when I was a young kid. My mom looked up and saw me with my panties off, holding my dress above my waist and sprinting for the toilet. <laughs> she did not catch me in time. <laughs> My girlfriend fist-bumped the clerk when he was actually reaching to grab a paper we had just signed. Anyway, we don't go to that tire kingdom anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I recently got a gym membership for the first time. A lot of the machines are pretty self-explanatory, but I've never used most of them, so I had no idea what I was doing. A few weeks ago, I was on the stair machine and noticed a guy in front of me working out his arms by making these circular pedaling motions. I thought, huh. I could do that to my arms, too. So I went to the machine next to his, set the timer for 10 minutes, and started circling away. I finished my 10 minutes and looked down at the seat to see handles. It was a leg machine. I sat there for 10 minutes in front of the entire gym, God and everyone circling my arms. I'm not going to look anyone in the eye there ever again. (laughs) And my last one. I went into a Spencer's at my local mall because I knew they carried deep throat spray and I wanted to get some for my boyfriend's birthday. (laughs) I went to the back restricted area and found what I wanted and brought it up to the register. Lo and behold, the cashier was a girl I went to high school with. I didn't recognize her until I got right up to the counter. I hoped she wouldn't remember me, but of course she did. We chatted for a minute. I hadn't put the spray on the counter yet. And then she asked... So what did you find today? I just slapped that shit on the counter and wished for death. It's uh, I've never been I've never seen anyone's facial expression change as fast as hers did. She tried to laugh it off, but asked but by asking if I wanted any condoms to go with it. But I was in the ninth circle of hell by then, and I could barely re- reply. She completed the purchase in silence. I'm glad she was nice about it, but I'm never going in there again. I had an embarrassing moment this week. You did? It wasn't like, I wasn't like really embarrassed. Well, still. I was, I, uh, last weekend I went shopping and I got a, one of those flannel, it looks like a flannel shirt, but it's got like the fur stuff on the inside. So it's really warm. Mm -hmm. Well, I wore it a couple times this week and I had it hanging over my cubicle and one of the guys that I work with walked by, because I saw him out of the corner of my eye. He walked by, and then he stopped. Yeah. And he's, like, standing there. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> and I look over, and he's like, um, your tag is still on your 
Oh, no. I look over and the tag's just hanging there. I'm like, shit, I was wearing this all day long. <laughs> yeah, that's... It could be worse, but... It could be worse, yeah, but... I mean, I wasn't... Funny. It was a little bit embarrassing, but not enough to, you know... <laughs> yeah. I just thought... I actually, I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> I'm glad he said something, I was going to say, that was nice of him to say. That's what I told him. I was like, well, at least you told me. I've been walking around, like, all lunch with this on. Where was it? Was it on the car? It was, like, on the, oh. under the armpit. Yeah, you can't feel that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I just got some ghost stories. Okay. This one's called The Little Hands. Mm-hmm. I've never lived in a haunted house, but my mother did as a teen, writes Reddit.com user patented space hook recounting a true event other houses on her street had strange things going on too a few houses a few homes away from oh my god a few homes away from her lived a family one night the daughter went to bed with a bad headache the next day she was dead she'd passed away from an aneurysm after her funeral the family went away to get their minds off the tragedy and the father asked my uncle my mom's brother to check on their pets. My mom and dad, who were dating at the time, went with him. My mother had heard there was a grand piano and she wanted to play it. My dad was studying to be a veterinarian. After entering the house, my uncle and my father headed to the basement to see to the animals and my mother went to the piano on the ground floor. She was playing it when she felt something brush her ankles. She thought a cat must have left the basement and walked past her. She kept playing, and then she felt it again. She looked under the piano and saw nothing. When she started again, she felt hands clasp her legs tightly. She dashed dashed to the basement door, called my uncle and father, and waited for them. Back outside, my uncle could tell my mom was rattled and asked what was wrong. She told him what had happened, and he turned white. He told her the daughter who had died used to play a game with her father, when he played the piano, she crawled underneath, grabbed his ankles, and pushed his feet up and down on the pedals. Oh, my God. Was that it? Yeah. Oh, my God. I got huge chills. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. that is creepy. Yes, it is. Oh gosh. All right. This one is called The Phantom Patient. The ambulance company that I used to work for had a haunted ambulance, Rig 12. A lot of EMTs had stories about it, but I never put much stock in paranormal stuff. That is, until I had my own experience with Rig 12. My partner and I were working in a rural community at 3 a.m., and it was pitch dark and completely quiet. We were both dozing. I was in the driver's seat, and she was in the passenger seat. I woke up to a muffled voice, but I thought my partner was talking. I told her I was trying to sleep and closed my eyes. I distinctly heard a male voice say, Oh my God, am I dying? Followed by a few seconds of heavy breathing. My partner and I sat up straight and looked back into the patient compartment where it sounded like the voice had come from. Oh my God. Things were quiet for a couple of seconds. Then we heard the click of an oxygen bottle regulator and a hiss as if it was leaking. I turned on the lights and we ran out of the rig. I thought a transient, transient, Might have climbed in while we were asleep, so we opened the rear doors. No one was there. I checked the oxygen bottles. Neither was was open. We didn't sleep much after that. Holy shit. That's creepy. That is very creepy. It's in way too small (laughs) space. 
Yeah, right behind you. Yeah, no. Yeah, nope. <laughs> the impish ghost. My neighbor Diane and I had a playful poltergeist for years, and we called it Billy. Um, I'd come home and find something put in a weird place, milk in a cupboard, toilet paper in the fridge, laundry <laughs> detergent in the bathtub. Diane once called to ask if Billy had been around because she couldn't find a gallon of milk. We finally found it outside on her back steps. And sugar darn sugar. Every morning, my sugar bowl was empty. When I'd had enough, I would point to Diane's home and yell, Go see Diane. Within five minutes, I'd get a call from her. Thanks a lot, she'd say. Oh my gosh. He'd gone and pulled shenanigans at her place. This occurred for the entire two years we lived there. No one believed us, not even our husbands. My mother thought someone was stealing from us when we were sleeping or out of the house. My sister believed something was going on, but didn't know what. I still can't explain any of it. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Go see her, damn it. (laughs) You're getting on my nerves. (laughs) All right, uh, the eerie attic. Before Reddit.com user Diggs Dawes got down to recounting their scariest of ghost stories about living in a place that was obviously teeming teeming with honest-to-goodness members of the spiritual world, they pointed out the irony of ghost stories that begin with the phrase, I don't believe in ghosts, but Uh after all, no matter how a ghost story begins, it always hinges on the notion that, come on, of course we believe in ghosts. (laughs) A few years ago, I moved into a one-bedroom apartment in Melbourne, Australia. They went on to recall. (laughs) It was my first time living on my own. The apartment block had been built in the 1930s. I'd been there for a few months when I came home from work one day and went into the bathroom. I saw something strange. A wooden board, which had covered a hole in the ceiling that led to a small attic space lay fractured in two pieces on the ground. I examined the pieces. The board was an inch thick and it would would have taken Bruce Lee to break it. I thought the landlord had sent someone to work on the attic. I was frozen stiff with fear. Someone is up there for sure, I thought. I emailed pictures to the landlord asking if anyone had been been there with an undone with an undertone of annoyance since she hadn't warned me. Her reply read, please call me as soon as you are able to. I called and she explained that her last two tenants had said the same thing happened. She promised to replace the board and she did. A month later, I woke up one night around 4 a.m. My body was covered in goosebumps. It felt like someone was rubbing his or her hands on me. Everything was silent, but then I heard a dragging sound coming from above my bed. It was as if someone was pulling a sack of potatoes. I froze, convinced someone was up there. There was no way an animal could make that sound. After five minutes, I worked up the courage to turn on the light, armed myself with a cricket bat, and walked to the bathroom. That's when I saw that the new board covering the hole was broken in two. I felt sick. The dragging sound had stopped, but I heard something else, whispering. The sound was clear and coming from the attic. It sounded like children's voices and I could hear one sentence repeated over and over. It's your turn, it's your turn. I switched on every light in the apartment to make things feel normal. It was 5 a.m. and dark outside. I watched TV to try to unwind, then a fuse blew. 
Mm. My pet budgie, Dexter, whom I kept in the kitchen, usually never made a sound at night, but he started squawking like he was being strangled. I never heard him make those sorts of noises. He was screaming. I grabbed my car keys, ran out, sat in my car, and waited there until the sun came up. When I saw people walking their dogs, this comforted me enough to go back in. The front door was open, but I figured it might have I might have forgotten to close it when I ran out. I went to the kitchen to check on Dexter, but he wasn't in his cage. I felt sick again. All my windows were closed, so I looked everywhere inside. When I walked to the bathroom, I heard splashing. Dexter was half drowned in the toilet. I took him out, washed him, and dried him. I was so confused. At 8 a.m., I called the landlord and gave her the watered-down version of the night. Oh, wow, you heard the whispering, too, she said. Oh, my God. I stayed in that apartment for another 18 months. Oh, my God. I heard the whispering on a few occasions, and twice the board covering the hole in the ceiling moved. Although I I live elsewhere now, the landlord recently called... She said that her new tenants had begged to speak with me about some of the stuff that's been going on there. Forget it. It's their problem now. <laughs> Holy shit, that's crazy. That is, really. And for her to keep renting it and not telling people. Yeah, that's fuck, fucking rude. Yeah, fuck that chick. Oh my gosh, that is creepy. And I tried to drown his bird? Hmm. Boy with no eyes. One night when I was 10, I was woken up by my bedroom door opening, followed by someone sitting on my bed. Uh, Reddit.com user Commendo4 recalls a childhood brush with a very persistent ghostly apparition. I felt my leg grazed and the bed sink under a person's weight. It's just mom, I thought, and opened my eyes. It was not my mom. I found an eyeless boy. He had black, empty sockets, about my age, sitting at the foot of my bed. He extended his hand, and in it was a little box. I was startled, but reached out. He pulled back. I reached again and said, give it. Then I blinked, and when I reopened my eyes, he was gone, but I could still see the imprint where he sat on my bed. Fast forward five years. My girlfriend came over to do homework. After she finished, she took a nap while she waited for her parents. When they arrived, I tried waking her up. She opened her eyes suddenly, looking up at a corner where the wall met the ceiling. She pointed there and went back to sleep. I shook her again. She came to full consciousness and explained what she'd done. She looked haunted. Up on the wall, I saw a little boy with no eyes. He was there in a Spider-Man pose staring at me. I freaked out and told her my story about the same kid. Fast forward another five years. I was with the same girlfriend, and we had a two-year-old. We were living in my parents' house in my old room. My daughter started waking up at the same time every night, and she'd talk. After a while, I noticed she had almost the same conversation every night. I playfully asked her once whom she was talking to. She said, it's a little boy. He's nice. He's lost and looking for his mommy. My daughter's nightly conversations continued until we got our own place later that year. Ooh, creepy. And how does the girl wake up, see a creepy kid in the corner with no eyes, and then just go back to sleep? I know. That's what I don't understand about these stories. I know. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> that's creepy. I don't. I don't know. I guess you have to be in that situation for it to make sense, but. I don't know. Because I know when I was younger, I, ha- I could only sleep if it was pitch black. Yeah. 
now that I've read and and watched all these stories, yeah, I have to have my TV on, yeah, to sleep. I have to have some kind of light, yeah, I do too. in my room, yeah, because like we say, if even one story is true, yeah, one that opens up so much. Oh my oh god! Oh my god! No. And how many of these stories have we read? I don't For even how long? No. Well, story. Oh, the stories we've read. Plus, all the podcasts I listen yeah. to that have different stories. Yes. Plus, all the TV shows that have different I've watched stories. that have different stories. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I I don't know how these people just go turn around, go back I to know. sleep. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's creepy. The Red Lady of Huntington, Huntingdon College. Here is a story that dates back to 1910, but almost any student at Huntington College in Montgomery, Alabama, should recognize it. That's because the events that led up to it are said to have actually happened. As the story goes, in 1910, a young woman who was new to school was known for her love of the color of red. Sadly, she was also known for being strange and a loner. As the first term got underway, the young woman grew increasingly isolated. Eventually, she took her life by slashing her wrists. Her body was discovered in a red gown drenched in blood. From then on, students and faculty have been reported sightings have been reporting sightings of a young woman dressed all in red. She's appeared all around the, co- the college's campus. The figure dwelling in perpetual isolation is often cited as a reminder of the importance of being kind to one's peers. That's true. Okay. The Ashley Street Ghost. Huntingdon College is just one of many haunted colleges in America, each with its own ghost stories. This next true tale comes from the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. The haunting happened in 1972 at a party hosted by University of Michigan students living on Ashley Street. A 15-year-old girl who probably had no business being there in the first place suddenly felt a strange, bone-chilling cold, according to the Michigan Daily. In an attempt to warm up, she went upstairs, because heat rises, we guess. That's when things really went awry. One of the walls of the house started moving, and a black shadow approached the girl. Meanwhile, downstairs, posters were spontaneously popping off the walls and falling into a growing pile on the floor. The girl wandered back downstairs, where she found herself saying these strange words. The drugs and addiction were my fault, and I accept responsibility for that. But I was not that way deep down inside. I want to apologize to everyone involved for what I have done. What made those words even stranger was that the girl did not do drugs, let alone have an addiction. Her words didn't seem all that strange to the students who lived in the house. Before they moved in, the house had been inhabited by a man with a very serious addiction. The reason he no longer lived there? He had died of a heroin overdose. Has the ghost of Ashley Street made any more appearances? That remains a mystery. Holy shit, that's creepy. The Ghost of Frederick Jordan. This real-life ghost story concerns a man named Frederick Jordan, who held one of the most lonely and desolate jobs in existence. Jordan was the lighthouse keeper for Penfield Reef Lighthouse off the coast of Fairfield, Connecticut. Built in 1874, the lighthouse was primarily a way of warning ships of a treacherous hidden reef responsible for more than its fair share of arbor incidents. Accidents. (laughs) 
1916, Frederick Jordan was the head lighthouse keeper. Tragically, he drowned in a boating accident just before Christmas, 1916, when he was caught in a gale while rowing... Oh my God. When he was caught in a gale while rowing home to see his family. Ever since then, lighting and equipment malfunctions in the lighthouse have been blamed on Jordan's spiritual presence. But even more chilling is the keepers of the Penfield Reef Lighthouse often find the lighthouse logbook open to the day Jordan died. And locals have recounted witnessing the unidentifiable figure appearing on the water to help stray boats find their way to safety near the reef. Lighthouses, man. I know. Every oh, one of them. It's creepy. What the heck is that about? Mm-hmm. The Ghosts Who Came to Play. This true ghost story might strike you as more awe than eek, but only until you consider that we really have no idea what our four-legged friends can sense that we cannot. Can dogs see ghosts? Well, there are plenty of dog experts out there, including veterinarians, who will attest to the fact there's a lot, there's lots of documentation that could support the notion that dogs can sense, sense paranormal activity. As Jesus Armendi, DVM, a senior veterinarian for Chewy, put it. And then there's the fact that this story came to Reader's Digest directly from a well-known psychic medium, Christy Robinette. I don't know if that's how you say that. Who has a strong record for using her ghost whispering skills to help detectives solve confounding cases. Marlene settled onto her side of the bed and patted Jack's pillow beside her, Robinette told Reader's Digest. A year had gone by, but Marlene was still adjusting to widowhood. Maybe it was crazy to think that after 40 years of marriage, she would ever adjust. Elmer, the golden retreat, Retriever seemed to understand this from the very first. That cold, moonless night when Marlene returned alone from the hospital, Elmer did something he'd never done before. He jumped onto Jack's side of the bed and lay his head on the pillow. Jack would never have allowed it, Robinette pointed out, but Marlene didn't shoo him off. Instead, she lay down beside Elmo and let the peaceful sound of his snoring lull her to sleep. The next night was the same, and the night after that. Over the past year, it had grown into a comforting routine, but not tonight. Tonight was the first time Elmer had left Marlene alone in the bed since Jack's passing. But hearing nails clicking on the wood floor downstairs, Marlene recognized the sound of Elmer requesting outsies. (laughs) With a sigh, Marlene made her way down the stairs to the foyer, but Elmer wasn't pacing in front of the big oak door. Rather, he was dancing and wagging and wiggling and bowing. Just like he used to do when Jack would come home from work. To Marlene, it felt as if Jack had just come home, and Robinette, who is known for her remarkable intuition about these things, believes that is indeed what happened. Aww. That's sweet. The Princess in the Tower. This is the story of two young princes, brothers Edward and Richard, who were imprisoned in the Tower of London to prevent them from becoming king and heir apparent, respectively. In April 1483, when King Edward IV died, his eldest son, Edward V, who was just 12 years old, briefly became king. Because of his young age, he had a regent appointed. The regent was the young king's uncle, known as the Duke of Gloucester. This uncle was known to be deeply resentful that the boys even existed. 
If it weren't for them, he would have been next in the line of succession. What happens next is, the sh is shrouded in mystery, indeed. It is one of the strangest British royal family mysteries. It appears that the young king and his brother, Richard, the Duke of York, were kidnapped and locked away in the Tower of London, after which the Duke of Gloucester declared himself King Richard III. The two young princes were never seen or heard from again, and two small skeletons that were eventually found in the tower are believed to be all that's left of them, other than the ghostly apparitions, that is. British papers have reported on visitors who claim to have seen the ghostly figures. Is it tabloid fodder or proof of the paranormal? That's for you to decide. That's sad. That is sad. I've heard that story before. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, if I was isn't, locked in a tower, I'd haunt the place, too. Isn't that... Is that the story that uh, the movie The Man in the Iron Mask is made from? I don't know. Maybe. Well, that was maybe, like, loosely based maybe. because that was twins. Yeah. And the other twin took over oh, the, and yeah. locked the other twin in the mask. Yeah. So... But, yeah, I could see that loosely based on that. Yeah. The Ghost of the Hanged Man One theme that many ghost stories have in common is that they offer a sense of justice in return for a wrongful death. This particular ghost story, however, offers a somewhat different take. It's about wrongful treatment in death and revenge in the afterlife. In, on October 13, 1877, Robert Schmale was hanged after a trial that found him guilty of a terrifying and inexplicable murder spree. The townspeople were filled with so much anger and hatred they left his body hanging for days. As the tale goes, not one of the townspeople demonstrated even a shred of remorse, let alone forgiveness. Since then, Schmale has been said to haunt the, t the town. Those who have seen him say that he appears as a ghostly male figure, but as soon as the figure registers in your mind, it disappears, somewhat maddening, maddeningly. <laughs> I can't say that word. Madden and... Maddeningly? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Into the darkness. And that's it. Okay. <laughs> good end, good end. <laughs> I cannot say... Maddeningly. Maddeningly. Maddeningly? Maddeningly. There you go. Was that it? I think so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I have... People reveal ghost stories so chilling they will make you sleep with the lights on. Mm, I already do. Yeah. Me too. First one, there is a ghost of a young boy who lives in our house that our guests have seen. We rent from the original owner and there is no bad history, but a dozen people have seen him walking around upstairs. I leave my phone on the nightstand at night and I often find hundreds of scribbles open on the notepad when I wake up. Ooh. Ooh. I don't like that. No, that's creepy. And he figured out how to learn to use the notepad on a phone. <laughs> if he's a kid, well, they just automatically know yeah, how to do Yeah, they do. Shit. Yeah, like born with the knowledge. Uh -huh. One night when my daughter was two and a half years old, we were home alone talking right before bed. We were playing a game where we gave her all, gave all of her stuffed animals silly names Named the last one, and she asks, what's, what's her name? I said something along the lines of, who? Honey, we already named everyone. Then she points at the blank wall and says, that little girl. 
Now, I don't know if this is just the overactive imagination or something else. All I know is that it freaked me out enough to sleep with the lights on for the next few weeks. <laughs> uh, me too. Yeah. And it's so innocent. Yeah. Like, what's her name? And they say it just matter of fact. Yeah. Like, what about her? Oh my um, God. Who her? It still reminds me that my kids, when they were like, oh, we heard you laughing. And oh I was my like, God, I forgot about that. And then they were just like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. What? I, yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> so creepy. Kids, man. <laughs> I lived alone in a house in the historic district of Memphis. I'd often get woken up in the middle of the night to country music coming from the radio. I don't listen to country music, and the radio had a dial. I'd have to change the dial back to my normal station while getting ready for work every morning. Yeah. That would be horrific. Yeah. Waking up to country music? <laughs> Worst ghost ever. They obviously don't like you. No, they want you out. <laughs> what is that? Some kind of torture. What's that torture called? I don't know. Where they play like the same horrible song. Would it be over auditory? And over? I don't know. Yeah, that would that would work <laughs> that for would me. Do it. <laughs> uh, one night, my mom heard a crash noise in our kitchen, but figured I was up and dropped something. The next morning, my dad walked downstairs and thought there was ice on the kitchen floor, but he said after looking at it, the quote unquote ice wasn't melting. It was glass shards. They cleaned up the glass, which on the floor counter, which was on the floor countertops, <laughs> and even the lip under the countertops, along with the tops of the drawers and cabinets. It was as if someone had stood back and threw a glass object at the wall or something. We had no idea what it was from. The glass was too thick to be any of our vases or glasses or even bowls in the house. We have a huge family meeting in the kitchen trying to figure out what happened and where the glass came from. We still have no idea. That's weird. That is weird. Next one, I'm sure there was a ghost playing tricks on me. One evening, I was watching TV while sitting on the sofa. I had a rubber band in my hand and flicked it across the room in an arc behind the TV. Next thing I know, it drops on my head. There wasn't enough power to bounce off the walls. I have no idea how it ended up on my head. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> I have memories as a young child uh, in a certain house. Several very bizarre things happened. I have no logical explanation for them. The best I can do to explain them logically are hallucinations, but I have never experienced anything away from that home. The oddest one to me had to do with my new wallpaper. We had to change it. It had dinosaurs on it. I would see the dinosaurs marching around and killing each other. This happened during the same time several nights until we took it down. Items used to move and get thrown in on their own accord. A particular favorite was a rocking chair. It would change positions and rock. One night when my grandparents were staying over, I awoke to, some, to find someone I didn't know in the chair who looked strange. A stuffed animal walked one time. I awoke with scratches that looked like nails. Maybe it was just my fucked up child brain, but I don't remember it that way. The scratches are really strange. Hmm. I would flip out if I saw a stuffed animal walking by Walking itself. around? Or your wallpaper? Oh, like killing each other? What weird. is that? That is like, like, what if they can make you see stuff that isn't there? 
Or like, what if like they're standing right there and they can make us not see them? Yeah. Ugh. Creepy. Next one, I went to a Lincoln exhibit when I was very young. There was a rocking chair, and as soon as I saw it, I saw a woman in period dress with brown hair knitting something and rocking in the chair. After like two seconds, the image vanished. It would attribute... I would attribute this to imagination, except the image is very vivid and clear, and I've never seen anything like it since. Hmm. That one was called Mary Todd. Is that you? (laughs) (laughs) Next one, when I lived in Minnesota, I would go over to a friend's house a lot. One day, I was sitting on the couch watching TV, and I heard a girl screaming in my right ear. It was like she was screaming at the top of her lungs, but the volume was turned down, so it wasn't the true volume of a scream. There was nothing there, obviously, so I just wrote it off. Well, a week or so later, one of the guys whipped his head around and said, I just heard a girl screaming. We both knew there was no one else in the house. I didn't hear a girl screaming, but then neither did anyone else when she screamed in my ear. I didn't think she was mean or bad. I think she was sad, lonely, wanting attention. I felt bad. I couldn't reach out to her. Hmm. That's scary. Mm-hmm. I would totally write that stuff off, too, but then if someone else heard it, I'd be like, ooh, okay, what's this? Yeah. I was late night gaming. My dog was hanging out with me and started to bark in in a dark bed into the dark bedroom. When I went to check it out, I could hear fingernails scratching inside my bedroom closet. As I got closer, the scratching started to get quieter. The sound stopped when I was right in front of the closet. Then crash, stuff started hitting the inside of the closet door. I ran outside. (laughs) No way was I going to stay in there alone this time. This time. (laughs) 30 minutes go by and my buddy comes over to come check things out with me. I open up the closet and find all my clothes and hangers all over the floor. We searched every wall and ceiling for any secret openings. No secret doors to be found. Haunted closet. When I was younger, I was helping my aunt clean an office. She was hired to clean, and lots of stuff happened there. The one that spooked me the most was when I was emptying trash cans while my aunt vacuumed and my brother did dishes. Suddenly, a man's voice whispers in my ear, C-E-U-Q-Q-Q? Huh? C-E-U. What's C-E-U? I don't know. Q? He said it three times. Q-Q-Q. Uh, kind of like he was, oh, kind of like he was playing with a toy gun. Oh. That so would be pew, pew, pew. pew. <laughs> they misspelled pew, pew. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Yeah. <laughs> we were the only people there. <laughs> Never heard of Q, Q, Q. Yeah. That's not right. No, it's not. You misspelled pew. <laughs> okay. One day when my daughter was two, we were having a typical terrible twos moment. She was throwing a bit of a tantrum for about five or ten minutes, and we couldn't get her under control. At some point, she rather suddenly stopped and started staring at the wall. We then started light, uh, she then started lightly giggling. It was weird. One second she's crying and screaming, and the next she's smiling and happy. Then she starts saying, funny lady, over and over. We asked her who she saw, and she pointed to the wall and again said, the funny lady. When we asked her to describe who she saw, she described my deceased grandmother. I mean, exactly described her. She had never met her, and I don't think we had any pictures, uh, not that a two-year-old could remember. I'm not 
much of a believer in the paranormal, but I know for sure that my daughter got a chance to meet my mom, and that makes me happy. When I told the story to my parents, I think she meant her grandma. Yeah. Uh, when I told the story to my parents, they didn't seem as shocked as I was. When I tried to get a response from them, they looked at me and said, I guess you don't remember that you met your deceased grandfather when you were three. The exact same, same thing happened to you 30 years ago. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Before my dad and my stepmom married, she'd come over and the hangers in the front closet would rattle nonstop while she was there. <laughs> the clothes would be all over the floor when she left. Taking the hangers out would do no good. We emptied the closet once and the door would shake violently when stepmom came over. Hmm. What's that? I Someone's wonder if her, trying to tell you something. I wonder if her real mom died. I don't know. That's what I was Oh thinking. my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Like her, like Bitch, her, get out of the house. <laughs> then he married her. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, and this is my last one. I was once showering, door locked, when I heard the blinds fall. It freaked me out, so I pulled back the shower curtain to investigate. I am thinking my brothers are playing or trying to break in and play a prank on me or something, so I pulled the blinds up to look out the window. The window was completely fogged over from the inside, minus one large solitary handprint. Ooh. I was scared as hell, finished my shower, and told my family members. We all compared our handprints to the one on the window. No one's was as big. Ew. Ew. I just got chills. Oh, yeah, Ew. that's not good. Yeesh. All right, it's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up! did funny tweets. Okay. All right. Great British Bake Off, but you pair every contestant with a three-year-old who really wants to help. <laughs> that would be a five-hour long show. <laughs> <laughs> and very messy. <laughs> yes. You knew what you were getting into when you had children. Did I? <laughs> Did I know that I'd be arguing with a four-year-old that we don't lick people's feet? Did I know that? <laughs> Oh my god, no! Gross. <laughs> you can have a good day with your teen, or you can ask them to dress warm. You cannot have both. Nope. I had to, I had to, to text Peyton earlier this week when it was really, really cold. Yeah. And I was like, make sure you put layers on. It's really cold outside and it's dangerous. Yeah. And then I sent another text. I don't remember what it said. But, oh, I was set. <laughs> you can get hypothermia in five minutes. Yeah. And your fingers will fall off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I the kids had a two-hour delay because of the weather. Yeah. And I, I specifically went to Tira and I was like, okay, you have a two-hour delay today. I said, the reason you have a two-hour delay is because it is so cold. I was like, please wear something. I was like, something. I was like, just put layers on. I was like, we have so many gloves and scarves, hats, coats. Pick something. I still don't think she did. I think she wore a fucking hoodie. Oh. And thought that was great. I, yeah, these kids, I'm. <sighs> At least I know it's not just mine. Oh, no. It's all of them. Yeah. My 11-year-old daughter told me woodworking was the best strategy to make money, so I played along and asked why. She said because it would work. 
And I'm not sure what she's up to, but there's only room for one dad in this house. (laughs) (laughs) I witnessed a father and son bonding moment, but it was just my husband teaching my son the wrong way to load the dishwasher. Mm. If you like starting your day with a thousand question pop quiz, then parenting might be for you. (laughs) I'm sorry I'm late, but my two-year-old had to say goodbye to the muffins in the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) The only way to show that you love your kid in my town is by having giant letter signs put out in your yard wishing them happy birthday. (laughs) Being pregnant in your early 30s in New York City is surreal. My friends all think I'm a child bride, and my doctor thinks I'm almost a a geriatric pregnancy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Reading to eight-year-old from joke book, me, why did the girl smear peanut butter on the road? Eight-year-old, because she's an idiot? Me, I'll allow it. (laughs) Recently in Miami, I was so excited to see my wife an eight-year-old on the jet ski for the first time. I screamed, shouted, and kept waving at them. When they came back, I realized I was cheering the wrong family the whole time. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Every parent thinks they are fundamentally a good parent doing their best, but we gave our two-year-old son a haircut this morning and couldn't figure out who it reminded us of, and the answer is Princess Diana. (laughs) (laughs) Poor kid. That's not good. If six-year-old boys had Twitter, their feed would be filled exclusively with retweets of farts. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Sugar and spice and everything nice. Oh, and band-aids and bullshit. That's what my five-year-old girl is made of. (laughs) Yep. My toddler is yelling at me. My teen rolled her eyes at me. My nine-year-old asked me to find her a very specific pair of socks And all I want is to go on break. Is this retail? Am I working retail? (laughs) Four-year-old, I'm hungry. Me, want some eggs? Four-year-old, no. Me, yogurt? Four-year-old, no. Me, frosted flakes? Four-year-old, excited? Frosted flakes? Me, would you like some? Four-year-old, no. (laughs) Oh my god! What do you want to be when you grow up? Nine-year-old. A scientist. Girl twin. A vet. Boy twin. The person who picks donuts from the donut tree. Holy shit, I want that job. <laughs> Me too. God, that would be great. I would kick ass at that I'd job. I'd be so fat. <laughs> I would eat everything I picked. I don't think they'd keep me around very much. <laughs> New math. There are three kids. One kid was exposed to COVID on Monday. Two kids are vaccinated. One vaccinated kid got symptoms on Wednesday, one got symptoms on Thursday, and one doesn't have symptoms yet. Two kids have Zoom school. How many bottles of scotch will the parents need to survive? (laughs) 40,000. Oh my gosh. Okay, you all are all terrible twos. Three nagers. (laughs) He, he, he. And then you don't say shit till you talk about preteens. Like we get, like we get six to seven years of respite. Meanwhile, my seven-year-old is slamming doors like a Mexican wrestler. So y'all need to quit with the lies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
It's my doll's second birthday and I need to buy her a present. She likes candy. Five-year-old trying to scam me into buying her candy. (laughs) (laughs) And my last one. I wish I loved anything as much as my kids love walking right past the trash bag next to the door as they leave the house. Mm-hmm. And that's it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, send in your stories. We need them. Goalsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook. Request to join the group. Rate, review, subscribe. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.